they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I praise the Lord and keep the faith. Sipping my macchiato, gotta get my cream up. I do this for Christ, boy. This ain't for the culture. Believe the scripture. White people are really frightened. If you don't understand the destruction of Planned Parenthood uh, offices, and you don't understand the wall that we're going to build on the southern border of the United States, you haven't read the book The Birth Dearth by Ben Wattenberg. Ben Wattenberg was a brilliant Jewish man who was a member of the American Enterprise Institute. And he wrote a book, the first paragraph of which says, the main problem confronting the United States today is there aren't enough white babies being born in this country. He was an advisor to presidents of the United States. He wrote the book in 1987. He says, there are, if we don't change this and change it rapidly, white people will lose their numerical majority in this country and this will no longer be a white man's land. Now, I'm not misrepresenting this. I'm telling you exactly, almost exactly what he says. He says, there are three things we can do to solve this. Number one, we could pay women to have babies as they have been doing in Western European nations for years. Then he says, and these are his words, not mine, unfortunately, we would have to pay women of all colors to have babies, so we don't want to do that. He says the second thing we could do is increase the number of legal immigrants that are allowed into this country every year. Then once again, he says, unfortunately, the vast majority of those wanting to come to this country today are people of color, so we don't want to do that. The third thing, he says, and white men, women had better pay attention to this, 60% of the fetuses that are aborted every year are white. If we could keep that 60% alive, that would solve our birth dearth. Does that sound like racism to you? Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, you can send your emails to podcasting at mmsmedia.org. You can also follow me on all social media platforms at mbills314. Now, the voice you just heard in that audio clip was... Jane Elliott. She's an American diversity educator. Everything that she stated in that video is a fact. How I know it's a fact? Because I had to go and pull up that article. I had to go research the book because, you know, it's a social media era. You hear a lot of stuff, but I'm at a point and I've always been like this, that if you tell me something and it sounds convincing, let me go read it for myself. Let me go search it out. And what do you know? She was absolutely correct. Now, I didn't come here to play no games on this episode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, this episode, um, I hope you learned something. In this episode, you may disagree with me. And that's all right. We're not here to agree all the time. But I am going to give you the word of God. Now, um, the word of God, some people say, hey, it can be, oh, it can be interpreted so many different ways. That's just your interpretation. That's, you know, what you believe and so forth about it. But there are certain things in scripture that are just fact. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what translation you want to read it in. It doesn't matter how long you want to fast to get a revelation of it. There are just clear things in scripture. There are just things in scripture that are just clear. Like no matter which way you want to slice it, it's still chocolate cake at the end of the day. 
You understand what I'm saying? And uh, I've been reading a lot of comments. I've been reading articles. I've been listening and watching and seeing what pa- a lot of pastors are saying, what a lot of ministries are saying. And, um, you know, but listen to what the world's saying. Of course, we know the world is in the outrage. Um, I heard um, one pastor say that this is a victory for the church. And um, that kind of got to me because where's the victory? And you may be thinking, what do you mean? Where's the victory? I mean, you know, women can no longer, it is now illegal for women to kill babies. It's illegal for women to have abortions. That's a victory for the church, right? Wrong. Yeah, I'll let that breathe. The decision to overturn Roe versus Wade is not a victory for the church. It's not. The reason why it's not And I'm going to keep this as simple as I can this episode. I'm not going to go mad deep because this is really not even a super deep issue. It's really a common sense issue. It's really just reading your Bible issue. And it's a political issue. I've heard someone say that this is not a political issue. I saw a ministry put that out there. They said that this is not a political issue. Don't let them try to... um, you know, it's trick you or dupe you that this abortion is not a political issue. It is 1000% a political issue. And this is why I've always stressed that the church doesn't need to be involved in politics. It's a fact. The church does not need to be involved in politics. The reason why I always say that is because in politics, you can't be neutral. You have to pick one. You have to choose one or the other. And when there are evils on both sides how can you pick because either way you're picking evil you're just picking as we say the lesser of two evils so I always say that the church should not be involved in politics we have to remain neutral we have to remain on the side of the Lord we have to remain on the side of integrity That's the side that we remain on. We have to show empathy and compassion to people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we are the body of Christ. So, again, the reason why abortion is not a victory for the church. I'm sorry. The reason why um, the overturning of Roe versus Wade is not a victory for the church is because you are stripping away people's choice when God doesn't strip away our choice. So it can't be a victory for the church, which is the body of Christ. If you are doing the total opposite of what God does. That's a contradiction right there. How can you say this is a victory for the church when you're doing the total opposite of what the Lord would have done? You may be saying, what do you mean? You're making absolutely no sense. I'm making a lot of sense if you just listen to what I'm saying. This is common sense. I told you, this this is not deep. God has never stripped away our choices. God is pro-choice. 
and he's pro-life. I'll say that again. He is pro-choice and he is pro-life. God gives life, right? Life is a gift. The Bible says that death is an enemy. The scripture is clear on that. But at the same time, you have a choice to pick life or death. Now, we may be saying, okay, well, which fool, what kind of fool will pick death? Hey, it don't matter. Now, I wouldn't pick it, but the issue is you get the option. He's giving you the option. No, he doesn't want you to pick it, but he's giving you the option to because you're going to be held accountable by your actions. You understand what I'm saying? You're held accountable for that. Now, I can speak for myself. No, I don't necessarily believe in abortion. I don't believe in, you know, casual sex. Okay, I don't believe in. I don't believe you're just out here. You're just having sex with anybody. You get pregnant and then you say, hey, I'm young. You know, I've been out here wilding out. I'm having sex. I end up getting pregnant. You know what? I'm too young. I don't want to have a baby. Let me just go ahead and get an abortion. No, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with that. But you have a choice to do that. You understand what I'm saying? Now, when it comes to the fact of you a young lady, a teenager, a young teenager, one of your relatives rapes a young lady. The young lady gets pregnant. Obviously, once we find that out, we don't really want her to. I mean, it's a tough decision. You know what I'm saying? But think about it. You don't want Uncle Joe slept with his niece, raped his niece. And you're telling me you're going to force the niece to have the child? Well, the Bible speaks against incest, right? So in this bill, in this Roe versus Wade, you're saying it's illegal to even abort a child, even if it's incest or rape or both. You was raped by a relative and you're forcing the woman or forcing the young child to have to carry out the full term of that pregnancy. Let me tell you something that is demonic is not right. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's not right. You mean saying what's not right? Well, the act isn't right. And the fact that you're stripping away a woman's choice isn't right because God gives us choices. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Choose life so that you and your seed may live. He's telling you to choose life. He didn't say I'm going to force you to choose life because if if I'm God, I'm the creator. Why would I want to make someone do something that I want them to do? Why would God? He's the creator. He's not making us love him. He's not making us to serve him. He wants that to be optional. Now, he wants it. He doesn't want any of us to perish, but that all come to repentance. The scripture is clear on that. That is not his will that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. He said that's not his will. 
His will is for everybody to be saved. Question, will everybody be saved? No, because people will not make the decision that is required for salvation, which is making Jesus Christ, choosing Jesus, making Jesus Christ the Lord of their lives, accepting his sacrifice. That's a decision that you have to make. You have to decide to accept the gospel that's being preached and receive it and then therefore act upon it. That's a choice. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I think it's evil. It's, it's political because this is all done through politics. People aren't speaking with empathy and with just common sense. So they have to say, because we belong to this party, this is wrong. And this says a this is a victory for the church. And this is what the Bible says. They don't even know what the Bible says. I, I guarantee you, they, they probably don't even read the Bible or or understand what the Bible was saying. They have to say that because it's under the guise of a political scope. That's why I couldn't be involved in politics, because I'm going to just share the truth and I can't be for one or the other. I have to remain neutral. So I would have to say, yes, God is pro-life, but God is also pro-choice. That's not that's, that, is, that is considered politically incorrect because they don't believe, you know, a person can be both. You understand what I'm saying? But I believe there's also instances like the incest. And I think I spoke on the podcast about this before, like incest and rape. I don't believe someone should be forced to carry that child. And you may be thinking, well, what if that child, you know, uh, has the cure for cancer and God is so forth? But yeah, but that wasn't the that wasn't the act of God. That wasn't the will of God, though. So you, for you to say that, how you know God, God can take can take anything and make a masterpiece. You understand what I'm saying? But that act wasn't the will of God. The person that raped the person or whatever have you could have possibly had a sexually transmitted disease. Let's say they had AIDS. Now they raped the woman, infected the woman with AIDS and possibly the child. Once they find that they're pregnant, they should have the option like, y'all, this unfortunate situation happened to me and I can't, I can't, you know. It's already traumatic already, mentally. You understand what I'm saying? Especially someone that, that wanted to have children in the future. Now they are pregnant, but they got pregnant in the way that was violating to them. And now it's even more violating because now this is a criminal act. Now it's illegal. And now I'm forced to carry and go full time. It's not right, y'all. You can't strip away a person's choice. If that's the case, God should have smacked the fruit out of Eve's hand. How come when God said, hey, you all can have all the trees in this garden, but this particular tree, I don't want you to eat of it. The day that you eat, you will surely die. Now, God, knowing that they will surely die and ultimately knew the decision that they will make, when Eve picked up the fruit, how come the Lord just didn't smack it out of her hand? Because that was her choice. That was her choice. The Bible says, whosoever will let him come. He that believes on me, whosoever will, whoso, me, whoever, not everybody. I mean, I want everybody to believe on me, but whosoever will let him come. Whosoever will let him come. This is damaging to the church, the decision to overturn Roe versus Wade, because they say they're doing it in the name of Jesus. 
just like the clan said they were doing what they were doing in the name of Jesus. And so you have young preachers like myself who now have to come in and reteach things that were taught wrong by people before me. Now I have to yield to the Holy Spirit and allow him to teach me and work through me to help break down the mental barriers that others before me have placed, that false prophets have placed, that false teaching has placed. It's rough. It's rough. Because now people are looking at the church. It's like now, like, okay, now you're forcing me to do this and you're forcing me to do this in the name of Jesus. Well, I don't, I don't think, you know, some people may be thinking, like, I, don't, I don't even want your God. I don't want nothing that has to do with the church because all y'all do this and that. And when we're all just lumped into a big group, because that's what happens when you play for a team. And when I say team, I mean, like, you know, you know, the body of Christ, it's we're one family. Because we're in the body of Christ. We made Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. Therefore, we became members of the body of Christ. So it's like playing for a team, baseball team. If you are at bat and you have an opportunity to win the game, that's the ninth inning, the bottom of the ninth, and you strike out, we lose the game. You don't lose the game. We lose the game. That's what happens with being on a team. Now, if you were playing by yourself and you lost, then you lost. But when you make a decision that affects the whole team, the whole team loses. Not you. The whole team. When Jesus told the disciples in Matthew chapter 10, he told them that if people don't receive you, if they do not welcome you in their home, shake the dust off of your feet. He didn't say, I'm going to make them receive you. He said, no, if they don't receive you because they have that choice, they have that option. They have that option. Because believe it or not, the gospel that they were preaching is life. Jesus is life. So when I'm preaching the gospel, I'm preaching the good news. Or when we, as a body of Christ, are preaching the gospel, we're supposed to be preaching the good news of Jesus, the good news of his resurrection, of his crucifixion, of his love, of his mercy, letting people know that he died for you, that eternal life is waiting for you. Not when you die, but right now. You can receive eternal life right now once you receive Jesus. And then once you transition on, then you walk into that, the fullness of that eternal life. And spent and spend eternity with him. So by them rejecting those people back then in the Bible, when they were rejecting the disciples and not receiving them, they were rejecting life. They didn't beg them. They didn't make them say, hey, I have, I'm presenting life to you. I have the good news of the gospel that I want to bring to you. Now, you should open the door. You should welcome me in. But if you don't, that's fine. That's, that's your choice. Only thing I have is to pray for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I can care less if people agree with me or not. Because I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Most people that are saying all this stuff ain't hasn't quoted one scripture to support the overturning of Roe versus Wade. If they do quote it, 
They don't read the whole verse. They just picking verses. They'll pick a verse. They'll just go look in the dictionary, look at the concordance, and look up scriptures that have life in it, and then post a scripture that says life. Or go on Google them and type in choose life scriptures. Don't read the scripture. Just see the first scripture say life and post it. Don't even read the scripture. Because a lot of people be posting Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. And I just read you Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. All the part they focus on is that choose life so, so that both you and your seed may live. But they look over the whole word choose. You're reading blindly. You're reading with political eyes. You're reading with political shades on. You're not reading as a believer. Who's listening to the Holy Spirit Who's getting counsel from the Holy Spirit Like you're not You know what I'm saying That's why I thank God that I wasn't I wasn't raised in a uh, Denominational You know church Because even You know there's nothing against denominations But when you are raised in a particular denomination Even how you look at scripture You look at scripture through that lens And so the things that God has for you You can't fully receive it Because you have to look at it through the lens of how that particular denomination taught you about this verse. Not what the verse says. You have to now interpret it through how they taught you in your denomination. You understand what I'm saying? When you're reading the word of God, you have to take off all lenses. You don't need no lens on. You need your naked eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. And I'm here to tell you, God never eliminates people's choices. Is nowhere in the Bible Matter of fact The time In the book of Daniel Where they tried to eliminate choice Rebellion's gonna take place And it did They tried to force Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego To bow to a statue Now we know that's demonic We know that's against the word of God So what did they do? They did the total opposite Of what they tried to make them do Hey, when, we, hey, when you hear this sound You gotta bow no, we're not going to bow. Well, if you don't bow, then this is what's going to happen to you. We're going to, you know, uh, burn you up and so forth. They said, do, do what you want. But the God that we serve, he will deliver us. Now, I'm using that in a comparison of choice. This is a time where they, the government tried to force people to serve this false God, to worship a king. You understand what I'm saying? Now, it's the same type. They think that this is a victory for the church. For some reason, they think that by this, people are going to want to accept Jesus. But in all actuality, all you're doing is turning people away from him. Because the focus is on Christianity, number one. The focus is not on Jesus. Jesus didn't create Christianity. Jesus said, I come so that you might have life and have that more abundantly. It says that they were first called Christians at Antioch, meaning Jesus didn't say when I leave y'all, y'all Christians, no Christians, Christian just simply means Christ follower. So they called them. Scripture says they were first called Christians at Antioch because those people at Antioch saw that they were imitating Christ. Imitating his love Imitating his compassion God was working miracles through them And so forth and so on They said you know what They are Christ followers They are Christians Because prior to the word Christian People who followed Jesus were called Use the term the way Because Jesus said I am the way The truth and the life No man comes to the father but by me So before Christian They were just saying Oh those are the people that are of the way you understand what I'm saying? So all this Christianity talk 
What is that? There's, there's no Jesus talk. Jesus said, preach him. We're not preaching Christianity. I don't even know what that is. That's just something that I have. I'm, I've been grouped into. So when they ask, you know, what you believe or religion in you, you know, you got Christianity, Islam, uh, Judaism, uh, atheists. You got all these different categories. So they kind of forcing me to pick. So I got to say, okay, Christianity. Okay, that follows uh, Jesus. Uh, I do follow the Lord. So I guess this is me. This is what I'm under. They don't just have a straight followers of Christ. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who who follows Jesus? Who saved? They just put the, that one word, saved. You should have Christianity and just have saved. <laughs> yeah, just be more discerning of people. And you're going to see this. This is just a, it's a mess. It's going to be a full blown out mess because you're, you're going to cause instant rebelliousness. Now we're about to have abortions by Keisha on IG because of this decision. Now you're going to have somebody down the street going to give you an abortion for two fifty. Pay me two fifty. dollars I'll, I'll get the feeders out for you. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's those are the type of things that you're doing. Instead of, hey, let it remain legal. If that's your choice, your choice is to do that. Okay, we're going to make sure that you get medical attention that you get the proper safety medical attention that you need so this procedure can transpire now people can die on the abortion table people have died on the abortion table there are women that went in together to get abortions one woman came out one woman didn't yeah it's a um heart heartbreaking traumatic procedure that i know affects women mentally but you know what your choice and God will forgive you now I know stories and you all have heard my wife and I'm not sharing anything new because you can go back and listen to the abortion episode that me and my wife did maybe two or three years ago and she talked about you know prior to her getting saved how she's had several abortions several and she did it didn't, didn't need to have parents consent you just went on up there but she admitted to doing it she was young but she was just out here just just doing her thing. But she was so sorrowful of that. And she talked about her hearing, you know, babies' voices and crying in, in her head and so forth. Yeah, it could be truly tormenting. So like I said, I'm not for the casual sex and we just out here and, okay, oh, I got pregnant. Let me go ahead and get rid of it because I'm not ready yet. No, I'm not for that. No. Of course not. But I don't believe, you know, a woman getting raped or incest. Now you forced to carry it. Now I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. The Bible doesn't even teach that. You focus. Some people focus so much on the life of the child or the or the potential of life that the child could have, instead of having empathy and using discretion and using wisdom on the act that took place. And it is true. Once. The baby is born. No, a lot of the people can care less about the child. I've even heard stories about kids in foster care. Kids going foster care or they adopt the child 
once a child becomes a teenager, we already know how teenagers are because you're going through hormonal changes and just so much, so many different things. Once a child becomes a teenager, now they disassociate themselves from the child. But the child was cute when it was, you know, when a child was born and soft and cute and smelling good. You know, you love the child. But once the child grew up and became a teenager, oh, I can't handle it no more. So I don't want to hear anything about it's about life. Because in this country, we're not doing, I can only speak for this country because it's the country I live in. I know other countries have their own set of issues because this whole world is in sin. So I wouldn't even really say one country is greater than the other because other countries are dealing with stuff that we don't even have to deal with. All of it's sin. Every country, this entire world is in sin. Not just America, the whole country. So you say, I'm going to leave America to go somewhere else. So you just going somewhere else where they have another plague of sin that you would just have to uh, uh, adapt to. You understand what I'm saying? So I wouldn't even big up America and say we're the greatest country and so forth. I don't, even, I don't even deal with all that because I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm just here. I live here. This is not my home. I just live here. I dwell here. I'm here as a servant and as a child of God. And this is where uh, I dwell and I reside to preach the gospel. I'm lifting up the kingdom of God. I'm lifting up the name of Jesus, not lifting up my country because the country has a lot of flaws to it. And I thank God for where I live and the things that I'm able to do, but God is the creator of all. God can take care of me whether I live in America or whether I live in another country. Because wherever I go, he said he'll be with me even into the ends of the world. And God is not American. People think that. For some strange reason, they think that Jesus is American. When the kids were killed, at the elementary school in Texas. That's life that was just destroyed. I didn't see no concern. That sh there should not have been a dry eye of any political official, any police chief. I saw dry eyes. I should not have seen one dry eye. Everyone should have been completely heartbroken. All the police officers that were there, they didn't do anything. They should have been completely heartbroken. They shouldn't, all of them should have had to call off on leave because it was, should have been unbearable for us to come in to work the next day. It should have been an instant address to America. Two hours afterwards, I don't care what, what he Biden was doing, if he was on the toilet, playing golf, swimming, sleeping, whatever happened. Hey, no, we gotta, we gotta address this. We gotta address this right now. Supreme Court judges everybody, children, the children that you want women to have. And then, like I said, we already know about the underlining racism in America. And we just listened to Jane Elliott, Jane Elliott. And that's always been the case. You force women to have children when in essence, you're really forcing more white women to have children because the percentage of white women having abortions are higher than any other race. And they feel, they still feel that black people are inferior. This is a white land. And as she was saying, the, the fear of 
We don't want all these black and brown babies. We want pure, the pure white race. It's sickening, I'm telling you. People always try to hide under the guise of something, and they always use, um, they always try to use the Lord to do it. I ain't gonna say religion because they, you know, I ain't never heard nobody do it under any other nothing else. They, it was never, oh, we, you know, Islam or or, or whatever. Or I'm an atheist, so you don't hear none of this. Always the Lord. It's always Christian. It's always Jesus. You you know, they always throw those three around because they say we are a Christian nation. We are not. Now. Even when it comes to raising children, the Bible says, raise your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. When they get old, they will not depart. That's what the word says. So obviously, when we have children, you're a believer, you raise them up in church. You raise them up under the word. You teach them the word of God. You teach them about the Lord and about all these different things. You help shape their mind according to the word of God before they get out into the world and the world shapes their mind. Now, with that being said, once they get old enough, when they graduate high school, graduate college or whatever, go out into the world, you've prepared them, right? Now, if they go out into the world, they hear different things and they say, you know what? Once I leave this house, I ain't going to church no more. I've been going to church my whole life. I'm done with church. That's their choice. It wasn't to have anything to do with I can just all speak for me. They have anything to do with what I taught them because we understand that some people grew up in households that, uh, of, you know, parents who attended church, but once they got home, I do understand and heard stories that those children saw their parents operating differently than how they operated at their local church. You understand what I'm saying? So it shook their faith in God. They didn't really want to serve God because they didn't really see any benefit in it. But I'm speaking to the person, of course, you ain't perfect. No, none of us are. But I'm speaking to the person that raised their children up in the Lord, walked the rightly before their children, walked the rightly before the Lord as their children watched them. And they say, you know what? I'm cool. I don't want to go to church no more. That's their choice. God don't have grandkids. He only has kids. He only has children. He does not have grandchildren. So although I raised you up in the word and you know the word, you still have the ultimate decision and choice of serving the Lord. Although you know right, although you know the truth, you can still say, although I know the truth, I'm choosing to walk away from this for whatever reason. That's your choice. And God will let you walk right out. Ain't that something? Isn't that something? People have the option of choosing whether they want to follow God or not. And you can show them as clear as day in scripture. And Jesus can, can come down himself physically and tell people, come follow me. If you don't follow me, eternal damnation is waiting for you. If you follow me, eternal life is waiting for you. Do you understand that some people will not go? You think he's about to run and, and pull they on His heart cries out for them He wants them to come I'm not gonna make you Fam I'm not gonna make you Follow me and serve me If you don't want to I want willing participants Willing You can see all that in Genesis 
the beginning. That's why Genesis is the book of beginnings. You can see all that in Genesis chapter one, two, and three. It takes you through the whole process of how God created the earth, how he created man. Then he says, not good the man should be alone. I'm a creator. Help me for him. Help me, Cain. He gave them a list of instructions. He didn't make them. He, we're not puppets. He didn't have their arms on a string and everything. Okay, Adam, I need you to name the animals. So let me open up your mouth. And everything was choice. She violated. He violated, ate the fruit. Need to put clothes on, cover up, so forth and so on. Read about their children. Read about Cain and Abel. Cain killing Abel. Read about that. Think about Abraham. I mean, you, we can go down the line throughout the whole Bible and watch men and women make bad decisions. I mean, bad decisions. David ordering a woman's husband to go to the front line to get killed so that he can be with her. Bad decision. Bad decision. But we keep missing it. The word is decision. You can't make a decision if you don't have the right to choose. You're being forced. The Bible says he gave man dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. He did not give us dominion over people and because he didn't give us dominion or rulership over people when you try to have dominion over people instinctly people will rebel because it is in because it is not in our nature for a man to rule over another man. Now we're not talking about under uh, when someone is employed and you're not carrying out legal, you know, just work tasks, you know, and if someone doesn't carry out work tasks or not listen to their supervisor, we call that insubordinate, insubordination. That's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about mankind. You can't rule. I can't find someone, a random person that I don't know. And make them do something. There's going to be a natural rebellion. It's going to be some questions asked. And it may be some furniture movement. <laughs> it just depends. But you see what I'm saying? So all I'm saying is that the decision to overturn Roe versus Wade has done more damage than good. Like I said, people are going to be still going to be getting abortions. So you're really not stopping it. You really just stop the safe way to do it. And so you will be seeing people on IG advertising abortions five for $500 or whatever have you. <laughs> as comical as that sound, it's sad. Now, of course, they made it a state by state issue. Um, I mean, of course, every state, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even know no more. I mean, every state is not going to um, make it illegal. So for those states that, you know, you can legally do it and people just be traveling, traveling there to get it done. But um, yeah. 
And I had to speak on it because number one, I wanted to, and I just felt compelled to. And uh, I think people just needed to hear another side because there are a lot of puppets for some reason, because a lot of people have their hands in people's pockets. And when someone or organization or any party is affecting your income and your money, then you, you want to say what's, what pleases them. It's the same with having advertisers. If I had advertisers on this show, then, you know, I would have a clause or something like that in the contract of things that, you know, I can say and can't say. And it may not necessarily be that. It could be just word choices. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you can't speak against um, the LGBT community or you can't speak against this or whatever have you. And so when you have those type of clauses or whatever, based off of people paying you, then if you want to continue to get paid, then you have to stay within that fine line of saying, you know, basically what they would allow you to say. But when you don't have anyone in your pocket, when you don't owe anybody anything, you can say what you want because you're free. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not advocating for people just saying just a bunch of crazy stuff. No, but I am a firm believer in, you know, speaking the truth. And you just speaking what you believe. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not I'm not really into the calling out names and stuff, but I will if I need to. That, that ain't no problem <laughs> As Shannon Sharp said that, that ain't no problem But we gotta do better And um, Like I said I was one of those When I became a new believer And you know You first get saved And then all you know You hear abortion Abortion is killing babies And then you're like Well of course I'm not for that Automatic. So when Obama got voted in office in 2008, only thing I heard was, I'm not he for abortion and he for same sex marriage. So if you're a believer, you can't vote for him. He's against God. But uh, Senator, you know, John McCain is for God because he's against abortion and he's against, um, you know, these moral, these moral issues. But when they said moral, they were only talking about referring to. Um, same-sex marriages and abortion. But there were other issues on those ballots that are moral. But it took me having to grow up. You understand what I'm saying? I was I was listening to people in ministries that I didn't know at the time, but they had a, a political view. So even though they were teaching the word of God, it was still kind of taught through the scope of certain political lenses. Not all things, but when it came to certain stuff like that, come election time, oh they they was they was letting it rip. But they did it so eloquently that I could I didn't really tell. It had to take me really growing up in age and in faith. And I think age probably had more so to do with it, because the, the older you get, your interests and things change and you begin to kind of understand things more as you become older than you did when you were younger. Cause when you were younger, a lot of stuff didn't really 
interest you. I want interest in no politics or and I'm still fairly not, but I have an understanding of it. And so as I got older and I began to understand, it, I'm trying to figure out like, why is the church involved in this? When I say involved, I don't mean, you know, not praying for those who are running for offices. I mean, picking sides. Why are you picking sides? I, I still don't get it. I don't know. But that's people's choice. That's their choice. They're choosing to be Democrat or Republican. Whether people like their choice or not, they had an opportunity to choose. Isn't that something? Hmm. Interesting. So I pray that this episode, you maybe heard something from a different point of view that you never heard before. Because like I said, I, you know, you, you get saved and, you know, you get, you know, you're a new believer and you learn these things and you go for, oh, yeah, well, no, I ain't for abortion. No. Once you start to think about, you know, certain things are really read into different laws and stuff they're trying to pass. People are like, well, I mean, I'm. Not for terminating life, but I mean, God, I mean, does give us the ability to choose it, even though we're choosing wrong, he still gives us the ability to choose, right? And we're held accountable to God based off what we do. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe certain politicians think that when we all pass away, we're all going to be standing before the Lord in one big group. He going to judge all of us coming together, every nation. All right, you come here, you come here. Now, what laws did y'all pass over there? All right. Okay, who voted for who you voted? I don't know why. That's why intercession is important. That's why preaching the good news of the gospel is important. Empathy, compassion is important. Bible talks a lot about Jesus had compassion. You read that all throughout scripture. People were just doing just some crazy stuff or he was just looking at the conditions of people's lives. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion. Question, do you think a lot of those people who were in some of those conditions they were in, do you think maybe they had some sin in their life? Absolutely. The woman at the well, she just went up there to get a drink drink of water. Jesus sitting up there. Sparked the conversation with him. And he told her, he said, listen, I know you've been married five times and the one you with now ain't your husband. <laughs> that didn't stop him from having compassion on her. Empathize. Not condoning, but I mean, empathize. Compassion. People are really in some messed up situations that a lot of us can't even imagine. So you want to present people with options. There are people that I know, I don't know what condition they're in now, but at the time, the person that I'm thinking of was homeless, right? 
And um, we went to church together at one point. And I think I was downtown. I was doing something. And I went to this homeless shelter. And he was in there. Not helping. He was (laughs) one of the ones that was in there getting served. One of the homeless individuals. And I asked him, like, why are you why are you down here? I was bold with it because I couldn't understand. Like, why are you here? Like, I know your mom. I know your grandmother. Why are you here? Can't you just go home to your grandma? You know what he said? He said, I can. I can go home to my grandma. And she'll welcome me, but there's just too many people living in there. Too many people living in there. You know what it was? And I can discern it, and he didn't even have to tell me. He was just being rebellious. He didn't want to follow the quote-unquote rules that his grandmother set. Whatever those rules were, he didn't want to obey them. He was a grown man, and when I say growing, he probably was like 25, 26 at the time. And I ain't trying to hear that. So I'll rather struggle and figure it out. And it was confirmed even more because when I went back down to the show, he asked, could I take him to his grandma's house so he can get some more clothes? I did it. I mean, I did it. <laughs> as weird as it, it was weird. The whole situation was weird to me. We walked in this. It was hot too. Walked in his grandmother's house. She stayed in a nice area. House was cool. He out there sweating. Hey, grandma, I just came and get some more clothes. And I think I stayed in the car. I can't even remember if I went in or not. I think I did go in, but she wasn't begging him. I can tell you that much. Oh, yeah, your clothes. You go and get your clothes. And she did ask him how he do. Oh, I'm doing good, so forth and so on. She loved her grandson. Seen him again probably two years later. And he was working at, I'm not going to say the establishment, but he was working at a very popular fast food um, chain. And um, he was working. He was clean. He didn't look the same. I walked in there. Of course, he's all loud. Oh, man, here's so for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he thanked me and, and so forth and so on. But, I mean, it was a difference. Thank God he didn't die in that state. He got himself a job. I took him to get a haircut. Now, I was just showing compassion. I didn't have to do none of that. And it's my brother. It's my brother in the Lord. I mean, I mean he's down here looking crazy. By choice. That would be different if just some, you know, crazy circumstance happened and you just found yourself in there. But once I found out he was living out there by choice, I mean, a little bit of the compassion kind of drew up a little bit. The well kind of ran dry once I felt out, I found out he was down here by choice. Now you wilding, but I'm, I'm going to take you to get something to eat. I'm going to take you to get your hair cut. I think I even gave him like a bottle of cologne or something, some deodorant. Like I kind of hooked them up. But I just say all that to say people have choices. He didn't have to. He didn't have to live that way. But it was by his choice. Now, what? what now, if anything, I need to be forced. And why don't they force? Uh, now, can't nobody be homeless in America. Uh-uh. Especially if you fought for this country. You was in um, Vietnam and you fought in our war. Them some of the main people I kind of see on the side of the road holding up signs saying, you know, U.S. veteran. And they even have an army, their, their hat on with their rankings and their pins and stuff on it. 
holding up a sign can't even provide for themselves. And the country that they were fighting for is not taking care of them. Oh, no, they're taking care of them. They're just smoking. It. No, you only smoke so much away. They ain't taking care of them like they should. So that's why I say there's a bigger game that's being played. And all you got to do is open up your eyes, pray and listen, and read. It's just common sense. It's things being played. They do. It is to, you know, the, the end game, the end game for this country probably is so that more white babies can be born. Because... There are so many other issues that could have been tackled, like the one I just mentioned. Why are veterans homeless and they fought for this country? Gun violence, mass shootings, the ability to go and get a rifle at 18 years old when you got to be 25 to rent a car. Priorities, you know what I'm saying? Your parents teach you. Oh, your priorities messed up. You trying to, how you are here trying to, you know, buy some $250 sneakers and you didn't pay your car insurance or you didn't pay your car note. Our parents would say, your priorities are messed up. I dare say America's priorities are messed up. And one thing about the devil, he will make a fool out of you if you let him. And right now he's making a fool out of America. Remember the scripture says that Satan will will disguise himself as an angel of light. Never forget that. He will disguise himself as an angel of light. And he is the ultimate deceiver. And the Bible says, let no man deceive you. So I can say for myself, and you should say it too, I will not be deceived by no man. Now, you're not going to catch me out holding up signs, marching, and so forth. No. I won't. Now, you can do it. I'm not, I'm not saying there's nothing against it. I'm just saying what I'm, I'm not out there doing. Because now it's just it's just a form of now it's just strife. Everyone's mad. And I need my spirit to be open, to be remain peaceful, to be in love, so that I can hear about, so I can hear what's going on, to see what part I can play in all of this and things moving forward. So I'm not against it, but I mean I just look at the bigger picture. I don't they don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't care, so yeah. Just wanted to talk about that. Wanted to get that off my chest. Um, pray you learned something though, and I pray that you will serve the Lord and not man. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share this with your family or your friends. Remember, you can follow me on social media at mbills314. You can also send your emails to podcasting at mmsmedia.org. Remember also these words from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4, latter verse. Let God be true and every man 
be a liar.